So we're up to the seventh test of Avram Avinu, and the seventh test of Avram Avinu is going to be that when he had the vision of the Brisbane and Pesarim, the covenant between the pieces, so Hashem informed him that the Jews, his descendants, are going to be uh, enslaved, but they're going to be subjugated by different nations of the future. And the test obviously is going to be like, you know, how is Avram Avinu going to react to such news? So last week we had a guest speaker from Rabbi Robert who spoke a little bit about this. He said some interesting things. And uh, we'll, 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 we'll probably won't touch on exactly the same ideas that he spoke about, but we'll go through the parak in a different way. Nisayan Hashvi'i, the seventh test, is the seventh <coughs> test is that after the story of, 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 of Ramavina's victory of the four, in the war between the four kings and the five kings in the previous parak, so Ramavina. Um, sort of doubted, you know, what's going to be with my descendants and what, what, how do I know what's going to be my continuation? So Hashem came to him in a vision and told him what's going to happen. It says in the Pasuk, After these things, after the story of the four kings and the five kings, the word of Hashem came to Abraham in a vision, saying to him, Altira Avram, don't worry, don't be scared of Avram, etc. We're going to see exactly what Hashem said to him. But before, before we get to what Hashem said to him, the marriage makes an interesting point. It says, To all the prophets, Hashem appeared to them in a vision at night. But to Avram Avinu, Hashem appeared or gave him prophecy in a vision, a chazoin, and a mara, and a sight. So these are two levels of prophecy. A chazoin is a, is the, the way I understood it was like a chazoin is a vision where you just see like the words of the prophecy, and a mara is where you see some sort of representation of Hashem or a vision of what, what you think is like Hashem that's sort of telling you the prophecy. Now that's how I basically understood it. I, but they're both the, both the word chazayin and the word mara they both mean a sight or a vision they're really, sight and vision really mean more or less the same thing I mean uh, you, know, you, 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 you said something about you said the vision the, vision, the, the, the mara was the mara of the shem maybe the mara the mara the, the thing happening it could be but we'll, 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 we'll see the psukim talk about we'll, we'll see the psukim that the, the manager is going to bring it brings the, the lush and it sounds like it's talking about uh, uh, seeing of Hashem. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that point in a, in a few moments. Okay, so there's this level of the Vod that Avram Avinu has called a Chazoin and a, level, and a higher level called a Mara. The Chazoin Minayin, how do we know, where do we see that Hashem comes to Avram Avinu in a Chazoin, in this vision? Shinamar, it says in the Pasuk, this Pasuk that we just brought, Bamachazelemar, that Hashem came to him in a vision. Saying so, Machaza is, is that that type of that type of prophecy. Now, at this point, the Medrash is going to go through what Hashem said to him in the beginning of that vision, and then we'll, we'll 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 show you where we see the Mara, and then we'll continue on with what the vision was. Al Tira Avram Anoichi Magen Lach. Don't be scared, Avram. I'm going to protect you. Boelam Azet. Okay, so Avram Avinu, after the war of the four kings and the five kings, was apparently scared that he had lost all of his 
all of his reward. He thought that he used up his reward in other, uh, with some of Farshim said is that he thought he used up all his reward in this world that Hashem gave him a special protection for the, during the war and that when he goes to the next world he won't have anything left. So he was scared of that. So Hashem answers back and another element is that he was also scared that maybe in this world the, the relatives of those people that he fought, the kings that he fought from the four kings are going to come and attack him. So he has his fearing for his life. So there's, there's sort of two ways to explain what, what he's scared of. He's scared of the fact that he lost all his reward and he's scared that they're going to come after him. So the Pasuk says, Anoichi mogein loch, Hashem said, I'm, gonna, I'm your protector and your reward is very great. So the manager says, Anoichi mogein loch, I am your protector in this world. And your reward is very great. That's talking about in the next world that you still have enough reward in the next world that you're going to get, you're going to get your, your reward over there. Um, okay. Amalai Hashem said to him, Avram, Altira, don't be scared. Because my right hand is going to protect you wherever you go. Like an armor in front of punishments. My, hand, my right hand is going to protect you like an armor. We saw in the, previous, in the end of the previous parak, in parak of Zion, we said that when Hashem, when Hashem helped Avram Avinu fight the four kings, so, so, uh, so uh, Avram Avinu uh, ascribed the victory to the power of your right hand, to the power of Hashem's right hand. Can be like, okay, whatever, allegorically speaking, not literally speaking. And in Parakhavav, when we spoke about Avram Avinu being saved by the fiery furnace, so it said that Hashem stretched out his right hand and helped him out. So we see this imagery of Hashem's right hand protecting Avram Avinu. Fine. And my hand is going to give you good reward in this world and in the next world. As it says in the Pasuk, Your reward is very great. Right, so that's the, the, the chazoin, the vision that we, that we see that Avraham Avinu had a vision. How do we know that Avraham Avinu had this other level of prophecy called a mara, a sight? Shinema, it says in the Pasuk, Vayera elav Hashem. Hashem appeared to him. So here you see that it's saying that Hashem appeared to him. When we were talking about the other level of Chazayin, it says the word of Hashem appeared to Avram in a vision. Here we're saying Hashem appeared to him. So then you see a Chazayin, it seems like it's talking about the word of Hashem, and the solution of Mara is talking about Hashem himself appearing to him. <coughs> Now, this parak happens to be that the, the, this parak, a, lot, a large part of this parak was, was censored, and the continue, a lot of the continuation, like um, some of the earlier Mepharshim didn't have it. So the Radal is quite dearth in this parak. There, there isn't so much Mepharshim of the Radal, but the good news is that in this print of the Pirkei de Beliezer that I have, so they printed in the back, from uh, from the Barbanel, the Barbanel, if you know, if you know, lived in the time of the, the expulsion from Spain in 1492, mm. and he was he was one of the well-to-do court court Jews in the in the house of the 
of the uh, Spanish king when they expelled the Jews. And afterwards, after the Jews were expelled, people lost their, you know, they, they lost their drive and their belief in the, etc. In especially in Mashiach and these type of in these topics. So the Bible wrote a series of svarim about prophecies and the fulfillment of prophecies and, and specifically about Mashiach in particular and that's one of the things that Barbanel did so the, the Barbanel has a savior called Yeshua's Mashiach it's called the Yeshua's Mashiach, the salvation of his Messiah the, the Barbanel wrote this savior and it's, it, the savior is, is two parts and the entire first part of the savior is the Barbanel's explanation of this parak of Perkin de Beliezer. First, he quotes word for word the whole the whole lashon of the parak, and a Barbanel style is he asks like a whole bunch of questions. <coughs> so he asks in this parak he asks sixteen questions straight, and then he goes and he explains the whole thing in a way that he's going to answer up all sixteen questions. So when we're going through this parak, we're going to have we're not going to have with us as much radal as usual, but we'll we will have the Barbanel. Now, the first question is like this, and the Radal actually talks about this as well, and the other Mepharshim also, but the first question is, we see that Avraham Avinu had two levels of prophecy, a Chazoin and a Mara, right? Because we said this passage of Vayero Yilav Hashem, as if Avraham Avinu is unique amongst all the other prophets, that he has these two things of prophecy, Chazoin and, and Mara, that he, he attained this high level of prophecy called a Mara, it didn't, don't we find the, this expression of Mara by other Vim? That's what the Mepharshim are bothered by. By Yitzchak Avinu it says, Vayer Lav Hashem, Vayemer Altered Mitzrayimah. Beginning of Parshas told us. By uh, Yeshaya Anovi it says, Vo'eras Hashem, Yeshaya Perg Vav Pasag Aleph. We find a lot of other prophets had the same lotion of, they saw Hashem, Mara. So how does that work out? So Radal speaks about this. Also, but the the Zayis Ranan, which is the sefer from the Magen of Ram on Shulchan Aruch, so he wrote a sefer on the Yalkut Shemoni on Remez Ayin Vav. The the the, the Zayis Ranan writes that there's a difference between Avraham Avinu and the other prophets. The Chazal tell us that there's a difference between Moshe Rabbeinu and other prophets. That Moshe Rabbeinu says Chazal tell us that Moshe Rabbeinu saw his prophecy Baspaklaria Hameira with let's call it a glass that was clear, visible. And other prophets saw their prophecies through a glass that wasn't so visible. I like to use the muscle of like a regular glass that's much like see-through, and then you have sometimes you have a foggy glass. They have, you, can, you can buy a certain type of glass that's like foggier so no one could like look into your house. It's, yeah, it's like distorted, like that. Right? So Avraham Avinu uh, so, 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 so most Nevi'im only saw with with the fo- through a foggy glass and Moshe Rabbeinu had this high level of prophecy that he could see through a glass that was Me'ira it was, it was, it was Mamish clear so the Zayis Ranan says that Avraham Avinu also attained this level of Nevu'ah of Aspaklaria Me'ira of the clear glass that's what the Zayis Ranan says so now the question is well, Pirkei de Belezer seems to be saying that there was something unique about Avraham Avinu. That everyone else had a Chazayin Alayla and Avraham Avinu had Chazayin Uvamara. So, why is that? What's unique about Avraham Avinu? He's say, the same thing as Moshe Avinu. It's, it's a big thing to be the same thing as Moshe Avinu, but it sounded like from our Medish Avinu that well, there's something unique about Avraham Avinu. Unique means exactly unique, it doesn't mean slightly unique. Right? So, what, what are we saying over here? So, the Rosayis Ranan says, that Meshra Benu only had 
Mara only had this level of Navua that was with a clear glass. Avram Avinu had both. He sometimes saw through a clear glass and sometimes didn't see through a clear glass. So that's, what, that's, what, that's why he's unique. That's what the, the, the Zayas Rana says. He's unique in that he's in some ways like Meish Rabbeinu, in some ways not. All other Nevi'im were for sure not like Meish Rabbeinu. That's more or less what the Zayas Rana says. The question is that I, I, brought, I wrote down here that the Maral in Gurari Bamidbar Parak Lamid Pasuk Beis says about Meish Rabbeinu himself that Meish Rabbeinu himself also sometimes saw through Aspaklar and Meira and sometimes not. The idea of the morale is that Sefer Dvarim was a lower level of prophecy that Meshur Benu had vis-a-vis the rest of the Torah. So if you say like that, so then what's the difference between Avram Avinu and Meshur Benu? They're going to be the same. Another another element over here is that the Rambam in multiple places in and in, 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 his, in his Yud Gimel Ikrim and in Mar, I think in Mar Nefuchim as well the Rambam writes that Moshe Rabbeinu was the only Navi ever to attain this level of Spaklaria Hameira and no other Navi was able to attain that level and this is one of the fundamentals of Judaism and if you don't believe this then you're not Picurus so according to this the Zayas Ran and the Mogan of Fomos are not Picurus because he said that Avraham Rabbeinu was on that level that, 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 that comes out very funny. I don't know what to do. Then I found that the Barbanel sort of speaks about this. And the Barbanel says, he says, Ain Suffolk Etzli, there's no Suffolk to me that the, the Kavana of the Rambam, when he writes all these things in the three places that I mentioned, the Rambam is writing it to argue on Pekka de Beliezer. I know, we, 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 we've had this before in Perak. Um, Dalit, hey, or is it? Per Gimel. In Per Gimel, we had uh, the Rambam in Mar Nevuchim specifically arguing on Pirkei Debeliezer. What, what does it mean? What does it mean to argue on Pirkei Debeliezer? It has to be a different source. It's not gonna, it, it can argue it's probably coming from a different source. Uh, th- th- just that that's not stated somewhere. That maybe it's not stated clearly or a source that we don't have or something like that. Not that himself. Yeah. The Barbara also says some other interesting ideas. He says that it could be that, let's say, Yeshaya. So Yeshaya said, I saw Hashem. Va'ira es Hashem. So saying, how do we know that Yeshaya really attained that level of Nevoah that we're calling Marit? He's saying that he saw it. But really, it could be he's seeing Hashem in a way that's through a foggy glass and he thinks he's seeing a clear picture, but he's not really seeing a clear picture. The Bible now says that what we need is a Pasuk that tells you that a certain Navi saw Hashem, that the Pasuk is talking, the, the Torah is talking to us, not the Navi talking to us. And then the Bible now, we do, we do find an example of that by Yitzchak, that it says that Hashem appeared to Yitzchak. So what do you do with that? So then the Barbanel says that it could be that when we're talking about that Avraham Avinu is unique amongst the prophets, it just means amongst the prophets that lived after Moshe Rabbeinu. So you could say, yeah, you're right. Avram and Yitzchak, they both achieved Chazayin and Mara and, and Moshe Rabbeinu as well. But from from Moshe Rabbeinu and onwards, there was no one who achieved that. That's more or less what the Barbanel says. Okay. Let's go further. Rabbi Yehuda Oimer. Rabbi Yehuda says, Eisei halayla shenigla hakadish baruchu al Avram avinu hulel hapesach. Rabbi says that that night that Hashem revealed Himself to Avram Avinu and, and, and told him about these different things, that night was the night of Pesach. It was Leo Pesach. 
Now, if you're keeping track, so then you will, you'll, you'll, you'll realize that in Perkhavav, we said that the night that, of, that Sarah was abducted by Parah was Lel Pesach. And then we said maybe even the night that she was abducted by Abimelech was Lel Pesach. And then we said in Perkhav Zayin that the victory that Avram Avinu had over the four kings, that was also Lel Pesach. And now we're saying another Lel Pesach that the, the story with the Brisbane and Basarim, the covenant between the pieces, that, was, that also happened on Lel Pesach. The Radal speaks about, well, we said that it happened right after the story of the four kings. But if the story of the four kings happened to Lel Pesach, so this couldn't be right after. So maybe right after just means like exactly a year after. That, that, that's not so long. If you live 175 years like Avram Avinu did, so then a year after is, could, could be considered right after. Okay, so Hashem came to Avram Avinu and Lel Pesach. Hashem said to him, Hashem took him outside. Hashem said to him, Do you have the power, the ability to count all the legions of the heavens, meaning all the, all the stars in the heavens? Avram said in front of him, Is there, act- is there a number to all your legions? It's, is it possible to do such a thing? To count them? Amalai. So Hashem said to him, So too, just like you can't count the stars because there's so many of them, so too, your, your descendants will not be able to be counted because they'll be so, so numerous. Shnemar, as it says in the puzzle, So shall be your, your seed, they, they won't be able to be counted. Rabbi Leomi Izmir has a different gear set. It says, Amalai. He doesn't have the word lo yisafer that they won't be counted. It says kach yisafer, so they shall be counted. And then he says, "What do you mean they, they should be counted? They shouldn't be counted." And he has a whole rishus based on on that. I think it's a mistake in Gersa. Hashem said they, you won't be able to count them, but he had a, he had that word lo wasn't there in his version of Pirkei Debliezer. Okay, now we'll get into the into the story of the covenant between the pieces. First, I want to read the Psukim to get a Pashat understanding of what happened, and then we'll understand a little bit better the, the Drush that the Mepharshim are going to be speaking about. So Hashem came to him, Avraham Avinu said to him, Vayoymar, he said to Hashem, Hashem Alikim, Bama Eda Ki Roshana, this is Bereshis Perk Tezvav Pasil Ches. Hashem said to Avraham Avinu, Avraham said to Hashem, How am I going to know that I'm going to inherit the land of Eretz Yisrael? Uh, Chazal tell us that because Avraham Avinu asked this question, he got punished that his descendants are going to be in exile in Egypt. And the story of the, of, of the descendants of Avraham Avinu being exiled in Egypt is not what we're going to be discussing tonight. That is a, it's, a se- it's a completely separate topic. We spoke about it in Parak Bemches later on. Which, that's where we learn out that, that, that it's, a separate, it's a separate topic. The exile of Egypt. We're going to speak about the later exiles. By Yemerilav, Hashem said to him, Kicholi Egla Mishulashes. Take for me a calf. Mishulashes. Mishulashes is a very hard word to translate because we don't know exactly what the context is. But let's say it means three. Three calves. The A's Mishulashes. And three goats. The Ayel Mishulash. And three rams. The Sar, the Gezal. And a Tar, which is a which is uh, a pigeon, Pashtus, 
v'gezal, and a small bird. We know what, it doesn't say what type of bird, but Chazal tells us that it was a dove. Because pigeons and doves are the only types of birds that can go on the Mizbech. Avraham took all these things, and he cut them in half, and he took each half and put it corresponding to the other half, so like he cut, let's say, he cut the calf and took one half here and one half here. And he cut the goat, put one half here, one half here, etc. But the bird, he didn't cut in half. What do you mean the bird? We said there were two birds, right? Tar is a pigeon and a geisel is a small bird. So there's two birds. Why does it say the bird, the bird? It's two birds. Then an eagle came on the, these these uh, carcasses that were on the floor and it came to eat them up and Avram was sort of like sitting there with them and then the sun came down and then Avram Avinu had another nevuah and Avram, Avram became sleepy a great sleep um, encompassed him he fell asleep and a, a great darkness and a scary and, and big darkness fell upon him and then Hashem told Avraham Avinu that his descendants are going to be exiled in Egypt. Okay. What? I turned the back on, huh? Huh? I turned the back on. Okay. So now we'll, we'll, we'll see the, the drush over here that the Chazal are going to tell us that these different animals that, that Avraham Avinu cut in half and he like walked between them as a significant as a way of signifying the covenant between him and Hashem each of these animals represent the different uh, the different kingdoms that are going to rule over Kal Yisrael I just oh, one, 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 one more point that I forgot to mention was that we said that Avram Avinu originally he said he said that he was he was scared that he lost all his chuyos and Hashem said, don't worry, I'm going to protect you, you have a lot of reward. So then, and then Hashem took him outside and showed him, you know, you're going to have a lot of kids. Right? So what's the con- continuity between the two? He was scared, so Hashem said, don't worry, I'm protecting you, you have a lot of reward. And then he takes him outside and tells him you're going to have a lot of children. What what is between the two? So the Bible now says that the Pshad is that Avram Avinu, for whatever reason, he brings the whole Arichos, why you would think such a thing, but for whatever reason, Avram Avinu thought that since he doesn't have any children, so he doesn't have a chilek in Elam Haba. So with that, Hashem comes to assuage his fears and tells him, no, 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 don't worry. You have a chilek in Elam Haba. First of all, you have a chilek in Elam Haba. Second of all, even though you don't have any children now, you're going to have a lot, a lot of children later. So that, that's the way that Rabbi explains it. Fine. Now we'll go into the four into the four types, into the four kingdoms. Uh, last week I mentioned that the, the Chazal tell us in a lot of places that there's going to be four kingdoms that rule over Kalisol. Bavel, Babylon, the ones that sent us into the first Golos, that they destroyed the first base of English. Then comes Parasumwadai, Persia and Media. They're the ones who took over Babylonia from the, the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar, from Nebuchadnezzar's descendants. Then comes Yavan, the Greeks. The Greeks took over after the Persians. And then comes Edom. Ro- uh, Rome, Edom, the same thing. That they're gonna take, they took over from the Greeks, more or less. Those are the four kingdoms that are going to rule over Kalisol. Now the Chilish, oh, pick, what? 
What about Egypt? No, we said Egypt is a separate sugya. That that's it, it's a separate goal. It's not, it's not it's not the topic tonight of Egypt. These are the four galuyos that we found. With, last week we spoke about different Ramazim in different places in, in the Torah where, where we find the hint to these four galuyos. Now the Chiddush of Pirkei Zebeliezer in this parak is going to be that Yishmael also somehow counted in that. And we're going we're, we're gonna to have to see exactly where Yishmael fits in. Go on. Rabbi Akiva Oimer. Rabbi Akiva says, or a different guess says, Rabbi Eliezer Oimer. Rabbi Eliezer says, the covenant between the pieces, kingdoms which are going to rule over Kaisal, and then they're going to be destroyed. Because says in the Pasuk, Hashem said to him, Take for me a third calf. What's this third calf or three calves? This calf is referring to the fourth kingdom the fourth kingdom is a reference to Malchus Edom the kingdom of Edom of Esau of Rome which is like a calf which is like threshing around and like stomping on everything now one of the one of the things that I'll hopefully we'll, 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 we'll get to tonight is that in a lot of the the, tem, the Yemenite Midrashim Temani Midrashim there are a few slight changes to some of these to some of these drushas, exactly who's talking about what they have they, it seems like they had a slightly different messiah about how these things worked but in medrash hagodol bracious tesvav tes it says that the egla is talking about bavel not edoim the egla of mishulashis is talking about bavel not edoim It's like a, a calf that's thrashing in the... Uh, I mean, like it's stomping on the floor. It's like walking around and stomping everything that it steps on. So uh, what's important in that thing? That, that Rome just like who's conquering the world and just like stepping on everything. And like, that, that, that's what it's talking about, Rome. Like, imagine the sound of boots. Of boots, like, yeah. You represent the Nazis. Yeah. Well, there, look, there are a lot of connections between the Romans and the Nazis. The, the Romans, their, their symbol was the eagle. The Nazis, their symbol was the eagle as well. The, 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 you, you, you could talk a lot about that, but that's not what we're talking about. The Medrash Agodol, which is a, a Medrash that comes from Teman, so there it says that the, the, the Egla is referring to Bavel. So I think that it's pretty... You, you, could, you, could, you can argue that it's really... It's really because of the censor. They didn't want to write Edom, they wrote Bavel. We find this in a few places that be, when people are scared of the censor, when they mean to write Edom, they write Bavel. When they mean to refer to Rome or to Western culture, they write Bavel instead because Bavel is more like a, that's historical and people don't really, people don't really look at themselves necessarily as a continuation of Bavel as much as other people look at. The Christians look at themselves as a continuation of Rome more than, let's say, the Muslims look at themselves as a continuation of Bavel. It's like no Shaykhs. happens to me that Saddam Hussein looked at himself as a continuation of Nebuchadnezzar. But Saddam Hussein was not, he wasn't Muslim really, he was really secular. To keep that in mind. But whatever, that's... We find also in the, in the a famous song we sing on Shabbos, Durari Kra, from Dunash, from one of the early, early Rishayim. So Dunash writes, That's the words that he writes. 
But if in truth, Dreich Pura Beseich Batra that Hashem is going to smash Batra, Begam Bavel Asher Gavra, and he's also going to overpower Bavel, that seems like it's talking about two different things. He's going to overpower Batra, and Batra is a city that's the capital of Edom, of the, of the land of Edom, of the Aesop. And then he's going to Begam Edom, Begam Bavel Asher Gavra, and also Bavel. It's talking about two things. People have told us that from manuscripts and whatever that we know that the original version of this song was Gas Gas means like a, 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 a olive press and there will be an olive press in Edom Hashem is going to smash Batra and he's going to make an olive press in Edom Let's talk about the same thing Let's not talk about Bavel It's really supposed to be talking about Edom, not Bavel Why does it say Bavel? Because the censor would, would have felt, would, you know, didn't want to write Edom because he was Christian and he understood that Christianity is a continuation of Rome so they wrote Bavel instead so, so it's more of a neutral term Ve'ez Mishalashas a goat a third goat, a three goats Zdu Malchus Yavan that's referring to the kingdom of Yavan of Greece Shinamat so the post sphere Ho'izim Higdil An Ma'id Chazal tell us in that the third, the, the third animal in the nevuah of of Daniel, or the, not nevuah, but the vision of Daniel was the izim and was goats, and the goats were represent Malchus Yavan, the Greece. Ayel Mishulash, a third, uh, what's it called, a third, uh, a third ram. Zu Malchus Modayoporas, that's a reference to Malchus Modayoporas, the Persian and Media. Vitor. And t- a tar. Now we translated a tar as a pigeon when we were reading the psukim. But Pirkei Zebeliezer is going to translate it differently. Usually tar in the in Torah means a pigeon. But the Medrash says, Elu B'nai Yishmael. Tar re- re- refers to B'nai Yishmael, the descendants of Yishmael. Says the Medrash, Tor over here is not doesn't mean tor like we say in the lashon of a Torah. In the Torah, tor means pigeon. El Aramis. It's rather we mean the word tor in the Aramaic sense. Tor zehashar. Tor in Aramaic is the same as shor, a bull. And Chazal tells us shor in when the male bull gets together with the female bull they're going to open up and they're going to destroy and Yishadadu is like they're going to yeah they're going to not destroy but they're going to like conquer all the deep places now because we, we said that Malchus Egla the, the calf the female calf is Edoim okay? Rome is the female calf and now we're saying that Yishmael is a bull, a male, which is a male cow, right? So when you have male, the female together, Yishmael and Esau, Yishmael and Adam together, they're going to manage make a lot of destruction in the world. What? Yeah, I'm saying this is Pashup Shan, what, what the Medrash is saying. There's a sefer called Ale Zayas on the, on the Zayas Ranan from Rav Kanner from Toronto, and he writes, that uh, another element is that the power of Yishmael is the power of Znus and therefore when Yishmael and the Mizgabri they're gonna, they're gonna win through Znus so whatever he has a whole arichos about that but I think Pashab Shat is that when we have this quote-unquote marriage of Yishmael and Esav that's gonna cause a lot of trouble together and we find that in the end of Parshas 
told us, it says that Esav went and he married the daughter of Ishmael, and the Maral tells us that also the, in the end of days, Ishmael and Esav are going to join together and become like one day. That's the ending of these different Malchias over here. Now, the Goizal, so we said the tar, a pigeon, the Goizal, and a small bird. So what's the small bird? The small bird is talking about Bnei Yisrael, who are compared to a small bird. Shenemar, it says the pasuk, Yoinosi bechag veyasela, right? Yoinosi bechag veyasela. My dove is, you know, in a in a heart is is, is stuck in a rock, and so the, that dove in Shir Shirim is referring to Klal Yisrael. Because of Acharim, Yoinosi Achasi Yoinosi Samosi. And it says that Achasi, she's only one. Yenasi, she's my dove. Tamasi, she's 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 perfect. And so we see that it's talking about Klai Yisrael. This small bird is talking about Klai Yisrael. But it's interesting that you know the first four animals we're talking about, we're talking about the, the people that are going to um, rule over Klai Yisrael, and then the last one is talking about Klai Yisrael itself. We'll speak about that in a moment. But Rabbi Acha ben Yaakov Omer. Rabbi Acha ben Yaakov says an interesting thing. He says, "Loi namar loshen zeh mishulashes ela giparei chayach." This expression of mishulashes of the third or or three of them, the the the, the, the term mishulashes implies giparei chayach. It implies great power. Shinema, it says in the Pasuk, Vahachut Amishulash Leve Beheri Yinosak. A three-pronged rope, a rope that's made up of three strings twined, tw- twined together, Leve Beheri Yinosak. It's not going to be easily frayed. It's put together, it's very strong. So we see that Mishulash means something that's strong. So Rabbi Achabayakov is telling us that these different, these different kingdoms that are going to rule over Kal Yisrael are going to be strong kingdoms. I guess except for Yishmael, because it doesn't say Mishulash by Yishmael, which is an interesting point. I just thought of that right now when I was reading it. Rabbi Misharshia Aymer, Rabbi Misharshia says, uh, this is somewhat cryptic and very interesting. Mishulashas, third, or three, three-pronged, let's call them. We, we said there was going to be four Malchis, but they're going to be three-pronged. What does that mean? Mishulashim Yihil, they're going to be Mishulashim, they're going to be tripled. What does that mean? They're each going to rule over Eretz Yisrael three times. The first time each one is going to rule on its own. The second time we have four kingdoms. They're each going to rule in pairs, two and two. In the third time, all the nations together are going to join together in Ben David to fight against the son of David, against Mashiach. It says the puzzle, The kings of the land are going to stand up and they're going to fight around Mashiach Ben David. So the Medrash is saying over here an interesting idea that we have the four, the four Malchiais. And the four Malchias are going to rule over Kal Yisrael three times. First, each one on its own. First, we had Bavel, Parasamadai, uh, Yavan, and then Edoin. Yeah? Then, we're going to have them rule over Kal Yisrael two and two. What does that mean, two and two? So the Bible now says a very Gishmak 
It says that first each each of these kingdoms ruled over Kal Yisrael separately. First, you know, separate. First, Babylon on its own. Then Parsimale on their own. Then Yavan on its own. Then Edom on its own. Fine. Then the second time they're going to rule over Kal Yisrael in pairs, meaning that the second time around it's sort of going to be under the the, the different nations are going to be united under a banner. And that banner is going to rule Klai Yisrael and it's going to include two nations. What does he mean? He means like, he says like this. The, the first one he's talking about is going to be the banner of Yishmael, which is what he says, the Islam religion. Islam is going to rule over Klai Yisrael. Over Eretz Yisrael, sorry. Islam is going to rule over Eretz Yisrael. When did that happen? So after the... After the uh, after you know Muhammad started Israel or whatever, so they came to Eretz and they took over the, they took over the land of Eretz Yisrael, right? So Islam is includes Babel. Let's say what we call let's say modern day Iraq and Syria. So that's Babel, yeah. And then also Paras Ramadai, which we call nowadays let's more or less modern day Iran, Persia. Is also under the same banner of Islam. So those two together rule there to stroll. Yeah, you understand? And then afterwards, in the time of the Crusades, so then the Christians came to Eretzisrol, they conquered Eretzisrol and established a kingdom there, however short it was. And then and then and then Islam came back and and, and conquered it. Right? Now oh, so when Christianity there was as we all know, there was the great schism in Christianity and there was a split between the Catholic Church in Rome and the Greek Orthodox Church in the, in the Byzantine Empire in Constantinople. Right? So according to that, it comes out that, that Christianity encompasses Yovan, <coughs> Yovan and Edom. So when the Christians ruled there to Israel, that was the kingdom of the two, two. The, 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 the Yovan and Edom together ruled there to Israel. That's what Babinal says. And then in the future, Chazal tells us that you know all the nations of the world are going to come together and try to fight Eretz Yisrael. We 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 sort of mentioned this earlier in Perik Tess in Perik Dibliyazim when we talk about the Leviathan that everyone's going to come to Eretz Yisrael to fight over here. Rabbi Raber um, implied this last week in his shir. He implied that what that means is that the UN is going to is going to bring a quote unquote peacekeeping task force to Eretz Yisrael to forcibly evict the Jews from, from the occupied territories. And that's going to be all the nations of the world coming to Eretz Yisrael to kick the Jews out. That's what Rabbi sort of said last week. It could be that, that he didn't mean it exactly the way he said it right now, but that's more or less what he said. Now, yes, very interesting. What? Imamish works. works this way. The, the, you can look at this on Parbinal. He goes through the history of of of, uh, of Yishmael and Isa, when they conquered this and how there's two forms of Christianity. Imamish like goes through. That, that's the Barbanel's thing to show us how all the nevuas and Chazal and the Gemara, most of them already happened, and some of them didn't happen yet. But you can see how things are being set up that they could happen. Okay. Now I mentioned, I mentioned, I mentioned that that it's a, it's a chiddush that Pirkei Debliezer puts in Yishmael into the four kings, into the four kingdoms, because Yishmael is not mentioned elsewhere in Chazal. 
It's you know, usually just Bavel, Parsimadai, Yavan, and Edom. Where, where does Yishmael come in? So I said this because last week, but I'll, 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 I'll say it a little bit more in detail over here. We said that in the Nevoah of Daniel, when Daniel saw the four animals which represent the four Malchios, um, the four kingdoms that are going to rule over Kal Yisrael, so usually the way we understand it is that the first one is Babel, the second one is Pars and the third one is Yavan, and the fourth one is Erdoim. Yeah? Where does Yishmael fit in? So Rav Sadia Gain, in his Pirish on Daniel, he writes, no, the first is Babel, the second is Pars and the third is Yavan, and the fourth is Erdoim and Yishmael together. That's what Rav Sadia Gain writes in his Pirish on Daniel Parag Zion. The, Barbina, the Ibn Ezra argues, the Ibn Ezra says, no, the way you do it is like this. The first one is Babel, the second one is Parsimadai, the third one is Yavan and Edom together, Greek and Rome together, because in a lot of ways Rome is a continuation of Greek and Greek culture, and they just like, you know, the, the religion is more or less the same, they sort of like switched a few names here and there, whatever, but like, you know, Poseidon became Neptune, these type of things. Mar, you know, uh, different, different, you know, uh, Venus, what's her name? Aphrodite became Venus, right? Zeus became Jupiter. It's, a, it's the same religion, it's just different names. So, like, Rome is just a continuation of Greece. So, Rome and Greece is the third one. And then the fourth one is going to be Malchus Ishmael separately as its own. Gautuf. As, as a separate thing on its own. That the, the, the Ibn Ezra writes this in his, in his Pirish on Daniel, and he writes it again also in his Pirish on Chumash in Parshish Balak, in the Nevoah of Balak, where Balak speaks about, speaks about the Messianic era. Now, the Ramban, the Ramban in Parshish Balak, when, when Bilam has his Nevoahs about the Messianic era, in the uncensored Ramban, you can only find this in the uncensored Ramban, in the Sadr of Kuk Ramban, in most editions of the Ramban, this, this whole piece is taken out. And also the Ramban has a whole Sefer about these topics, about Mashiach, called Sefer Geula. And in Sefer Geula, Shar Gimel, he speaks about this. The, the Ramban argues on Ibn Ezra, and he argues on Rafsadigain. He says, no, Yishmael has no Shaykhis. Chazal only tells us about four. It doesn't tell us about five, even though Yishmael is going to cause us a lot of tzara, as we all know. To, to, you know, to our dissatisfaction. But Yishmael is not considered one of the four uh, one of the four Malchios, even though in Pekadimlis it does mention Yishmael, but the Ibn Ezra goes with the Midrashim that I mentioned last week, and other places in Chazal where it's only four, and Yishmael is not one of the ones mentioned, Bechlau, it's only going to be again, Bavel, Parasamane, Yovan, and Edom. So this is, and the Ramban says, like, you think the Torah has to mention to us every single kingdom that's going to give trouble to Kali Yisrael throughout history? Ain't another slave. It's only going to mention to us the ones that are going to cause a gullus or the ones that, that they themselves are going to be a continuation of the ones that brought the gullus. So Baba brought gullus of the Bayes Rishon and Paras Lamadeh were direct continuation of Baba because they conquered Baba. And then came Greece. Greece, you know, they had, in, in a certain ways, there was a gullus in Eretz with the base of Middash, but they were under Greek influence that was the Golos in itself. And then came Edom, they kicked us out of Ratzisol, and they, they plowed over Yerushalayim, over the bits of English, and they destroyed it. So each one is, it's, it's a Golos. It's so funny now, we had a little bit of everything nowadays. We have Yavan here because there are so many people not, not given to her. We have, you know, people dispersed all over the world, and we have Shmuel in here. 
Right? So, 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 so the Ramban says that nowadays we're still in the ghost of Edom. Edom was the ones who, who, who initially destroyed the base of English and let's say kicked us out of Eretz Yisrael and plowed over Yishalayim even though we, even we're technically in Eretz Yisrael but not really, we're not, we don't have a Malchus in Eretz Yisrael so we're still in ghost Edom right now. That's what the, the Ramban says. And, and then the Ramban adds a line of hope. He says, look, he says, who knows? It looks like, you know, Yishmael is causing trouble for us right now. Could be that by the time Mashiach comes, Yishmael will be completely, Yishmael will be completely gone. And the people are really causing trouble to us will be just Edom, not Yishmael. So he says Yishmael is completely out of the picture. I have some problems with this Ramban because I think that, that, that really Yishmael is a continuation because they conquered from the Byzantines, they conquered their sister from the Byzantines, so then why should they be different than let's say Paris and Mother who conquered from Baba? So I'm not sure exactly. The Maral in Netzach Yisrael Perakhof Aleph, the Maral says that the reason why Yishmael is not counted as one of the four kingdoms is he has a whole shtickle Torah over there that the four kingdoms they draw from the Kuchas of Kali Yisrael. So he says that Yishmael doesn't draw from the powers of Kali Yisrael. You have to see exactly what he, what he means by that. And then he says maybe um, Yishmael is included in Malchus of Paras. He has a whole, a whole Arichas that I don't really want to get into because I really want to finish this parak tonight. Bye. Bye there. Vayivater Oisom Batovech. No. Rabbi Yeshua Oimer. We're up to Rabbi Yeshua Oimer. Rabbi Yeshua says, Yeah, you have it? Lokach Avram Charbai. Avram Avinu took his sword. Ubiter Oisom Kolachad Veachal Eshnaim. And he cut each of these animals into two. Shinamar Vayivater Oisom Batovech. And he cut them in, 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 in half. Like nowadays, Tavach means like a agency, like a, a middleman. So like he cut them down the middle. He cut them in the middle. Okay, fine, we'll skip that part. If Avram Avinu didn't cut these different animals, the world would never be able to stand. But since Avram Avinu cut the animals, he weakened their power so that you know, we would be able to, to withstand them to some, to some, to some degree. Avram Avinu set up each half of, of corresponding to its, its friend. To its, you know, he cut the you know, cow in half, and then he put one half next to, the two halves next to each other in between. Like this. Shinama says, the puzzle of the ish bisra the kras ve'eil. Fine. V'gezel ben yayna hinyachayim. And that one bird, the gezel ben yayna, the small bird, which we said was a dove, he left alive. Shinama says, the puzzle of the sitzipar le'vosar. The bird, he didn't cut. Now, Pirkei de Beliezer understands that there only was one bird because the Hatsip or Leibasar the bird he didn't cut I, we said, we, when we were reading the Pesach we said either were two birds there was a dove and a pigeon or we said a pigeon and a small bird so we're saying no there was no pigeon the tar means a shar like we said before right so, so when it says the, the bird he didn't cut it's only talking about the one bird that was, the, that was the, the, what the Torah calls the small bird that we're saying is a dove from here you learn from here we learn that when the Torah Stam says the word Tzipor it means a Ben Yaina, a dove it's very difficult okay right, whatever it's because we're making the assumption that Goizel means a dove and then the Goizel was the only bird and then it says Tzipor so we know that Tzipor means a dove Chazal elsewhere tell us that 
that the, there's two words for bird in Lashon HaKadosh. There's Aif and Tzipor. So the Sifri in Parshish Re'ei says that what's the difference between Aif and a Tzipor? Aif means any bird, and Tzipor Dafka means a kosher bird. Here we're saying Tzipor Dafka means a dove. But also we say Tzipor just means Dafka, a kosher bird. Fine. So, okay, fine. Now, so, so we have all these different um, animal parts around, uh, cut in half. We have the egg, the, the egla, the A's, and the aisle, the and the tar that were cut in half. And then the gazelle wasn't cut in half. Now, we said. Okay, fine. Yorad ha'ayit alehem lufardan ladan. The, an ayat, which some people, I, I saw translated as an eagle. Usually Nesher is an eagle, so I don't know how that works. But an ay, the ayat, which is an eagle, came, or maybe it's a, someone said a vulture maybe? I don't remember. I, I'm pretty sure I saw somebody saying that it was an eagle. But the ayat came to, you know, d- disperse these, these animal parts and to destroy them. So what's that ayat, this eagle, or this vulture? It's talking about Ben David, Mashiach Ben David, who is comparable to an ayat. It says in the Pasuk, Ayat Savu Nachlasili. Now, so we see that Mashiach Ben David, who is comparable to an ayat, is going to come and sort of destroy these different Malchiyas. Now, I have a question that I wrote down over here. If we're talking about all the different animals that Avram Avinu had, so we said that the Goizal is referring to Kali Yisrael. Now we said that he didn't kill the Goizal, but the Goizal was there with all the other animals. And the Mashmos is that this eagle came to attack everything that was there. So it was even, including the Goizal. What? Including the small bird. Even the small bird was alive, but the eagle's coming to, to take everything, right? But so what? So Mashiach ben David is coming to, 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 to take Kali Yisrael, to destroy Kali Yisrael? What does that mean? We said that the small bird is Kali Yisrael. So how does that work? So at first I was thinking, Rabbi Rabbi would probably like this one, that the, uh, that the Goizel, when we said that the Goizel is talking about Kali Yisrael, maybe it means the element of Kali Yisrael that's going to be similar to the four Malchios, that they're going to rule over Kali Yisrael, meaning the Erev Rav. And then when Mashiach ben David comes, just like Mashiach ben David is going to conquer Baba, Paras, Adam, whatever, Yishma, whatever, it's also going to conquer the Erev Rav. Could the, the problem is that the concept of Erev Rav ruling in Mashiach is something that we don't necessarily find in Chazal per se. We find it in later Mikubalim, in the Gra especially, but we don't find it necessarily in Chazal. So it's hard to say that that's a pshat here in Perkid Abeliezer. I found in the Temani Midrashim, in Mar HaFela and in Medrash Abir, which are both Midrashim that they found in Teman, the, the Yemenites, so there, there it says that the Goizel is talking about Mashiach. Not that the the the, the I not sure exactly. I think it also said that the I was Mashiach, but it also said that the guys was Mashiach. Now I found a different gear. So ah, this is what I meant to say first. The Medrash Hachefetz, which is also a Temani Medrash. So Medrash Hachefetz says Tor Vegaizol is talking about Edom Yishmael. He puts them together. Tor Vegaizol is Edom and Yishmael. Not like Pirkei Debaz, which says that Tor is Yishmael and Goizel is talking about Kal Yisrael. This is Tor is. Torah and Gezel together are Adam and Yishmael together. And the Medrash HaGadol, which is also Temani Medrash, says that Torah and Gezel is Adam and Yishmael, Shem Gazlanim v'chamsanim. 
Gazel is like a lashon of Gzela, like they steal things. So Adam and Yishmael are Gazlanim, they steal things, and they're Chamsonim, which we said, we mentioned the word, there's a difference in the term Gazlan and Chamson, the Gazlan takes things from you and has no intention of paying you, and a Chamson takes it, steals it from you, but he has, he, 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 he's going to pay you sometime later, but he's still stealing it. The different levels of stealing. Yeah. I saw, I saw it differently. I, I, I found that the Gazel was there to be represented as a Israel, and, and and that's why it's still alive. And it's still, yeah, even, even though the nations are very powerful. But the eagle. And you're saying the eagle has no shaykhs. No, maybe it doesn't. Because the Rebbe says it's just been just been David that Shemim shall die. Right. So when Ben David comes. What's the problem? The pleasure is like it's, like, it's already it's still like very small and weak compared to the, the, the big no, but, nation. But it, yeah. But and, and then it comes a big bird and says, "Look, we are that. That's what we are." But it didn't say that the big bird had to do with the little bird. Okay, yeah, I hear what you're saying. You're saying because they're both birds. You can say like this, like because because they're both birds. So like the big bird is just sort of coming to protect the little bird, and it's going to destroy all the other animals. I didn't even see him protecting the little bird, just like there's no shackles at all with the little bird. The little bird is there with. with, with I hear, yeah, yeah. It's compared with you know by you know by the size, it's very small and, and weak, and there's a. There's it's a, still a, I hear. You're saying there's no much more that the big bird is coming to attack it. Whatever they are, Shem's going to shake them in the middle. And then it's gonna, I don't know. I hear. You there's no much else that says that the big bird is gonna attack also the little bird. That's what you're saying, basically. I didn't, I didn't say that. I, 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 when I read it, that, 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 that's how I thought it was, that's what I thought I was saying. Because, because it says it's gonna attack It's yeah. gonna attack all, it's, it's gonna attack all, them. All the them. Yeah. So it sounds like them means everything that we were just talking about till now. You're right, there's much more. Yeah. Fine. Now, Rabbi does something very interesting. When the, when the eagle comes to attack <coughs> all these, the, all the pieces of meat, so Avramavinu he took off his yamaka like this. He took off his yamaka and he was waving at the at the eagle to get the eagle away from them. So that the eagle won't won't um, rule over them until it becomes evening. Wow. What what happened over here? Oh. If the eagle repres- the eagle represents Meshach uh, ben David coming and conquering all the Gaim, right? And Avraham Avinu was sending away the eagle. No, I don't want the eagle to start destroying all this stuff. Not yet. And then when it became evening, so then he let it destroy it. What? So what's this talking about? So the Bible now says like this. The Bible now says that this is a reference to a Gemara that we might be, all be familiar with, a Gemara in Ksubis. There are three shvuas that we find in Shir Shirim. What are these three shvuas? And one of the three shvuas is that we're not going to, we're not going, we, we, we call ourselves promised Hashem that we're not going to force the gula to happen. We're not going to go up the wall. When Hashem brings the gula, Hashem brings the gula, we're not going to force it to happen. The other shvuas were that the goyim are, we're not going to rebel against the goyim. And the other shvu, the third shvu was that the goyim aren't going to do too bad, to, they're not going to be too bad towards us. Those are the three shvuas. So basically, the, there's a shvua that Kali Yisrael said that we're not going to push the gula to happen until it's the right time. 
This is if you the 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 Satma Rebbe has a sefer called Vayol Moshe against against different aspects of Zionism, and he has a Maimar Shalishvus. That's one of his parts of that sefer, and he he according to that Gemara, he says that what Zionists are doing that they're creating a state of Israel against you know against. Not rebelling necessarily against the nations, but even though they have the nations with them, but they're trying to push the Gula into happening, that's also according to the Gemara. So the Bible now says that that's what Avram Avinu was doing. He was making sure that the eagle doesn't, the eagle's not going to come and start destroying the nations until the, the time is right. Until the, until we come evening, which Bible now says, the Apostle tells us, in the evening, there's going to be light. That's talking about when Mashiach is going to come. We've spoken about that idea before. It's going to be day and night together. So, Avraham was sending away the eagle the whole day, making sure that it, it, it doesn't come to destroy the Goyim until the right time. And then when the right time comes, then it's going to be... Then, then he's going to allow it to, be, to destroy the, the different pieces of the animals. But... Rabbi Yosef ben Azariah Aimer. Rabbi Yosef ben Azariah says, "We cannot allow made she ain't mashlan shall arba machias elu ala yom echad miyabish al kadosh baruchu." Rabbi Yosef ben Azariah says, "From here you understand that the rule of these four kingdoms over Kali Yisrael is only going to last one day of Hashem, because it said that the the, the whole day of Ramavina was protecting him from the eagle, and then till night. So it was the whole day till night." It's for sure like what you said. Shnamar says the positive Sanani The whole day is gonna be a malady, it's gonna be a sickness. Right? Except Chut Mishta the Bible now says this is a, a, a special cabal that Chazal had that the the Golos of Arba Machia is gonna be a day of a Kurdish Baruch, except for two thirds of an hour. A day minus two thirds of an hour. Now, I don't want to get, if this was the beginning of this year, we would get more into this, but since it's towards the end, I don't want to get exactly into all the chashbainas over here. But in Parag Memches, we discussed that there's two ways of calculating what is considered, let's say, an hour of Hashem's year, of Hashem's day. We said that a, a thousand years for us is one day for Hashem. So we, we, there, there's a way of saying that it, an hour of Hashem is 86 years for us or an hour of Hashem is 83 and a third years for us there's different, there's different ways of, of calculating it and the, the, there's the Zayis Ranan and then there's a, the Pashup Shat over there it, is, it has to do with the two Gersoyas in Paragmam Ches about, about, um, about when Miriam was born etc but the point is that that the Abarmanel says that when it says Yom Echad that's talking about we're assuming that a day of Hashem is usually going to be when we say that one of our one day of Hashem is a thousand years for us. So the Bible now says that's talking about a day in terms of a creative day, a, a day that Hashem is doing Ma'asabrachis. We said that Hashem was only doing Ma'asabrachis during the day, not the night. Right? We said in Parak Yud Aleph. That the day that Adam that Adamishin was created, we had made a whole chart about it. The day that Adamishin was created was twelve hours. A day was twelve hours. Yeah, because the, the active day that Hashem was creating Adamishin was only twelve hours of that day. 
not 24 hours. So, so he says that when we say that a, a, a thousand years for us is one day of Hashem, that means a 12-hour day of Hashem. But if you want to say a full day of Hashem, so then it's going to be 2,000 years for us. So, so now then we're saying minus two-thirds of an hour. So basically the Barbanel has a whole cheshben that if you count 2,000 years minus uh, two-thirds of an hour of years of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, from when Nebuchadnezzar started ruling until later in history, it will come out to the year 1503. And the Barbanel says, Mashiach is going to come in the year 1503. That's what the Barbanel says. Now, in hindsight, we know that he was wrong. But here's a, it's a nice cheshven, exactly how, how the Barbanel comes out to that number. The year 1503. Which was not long after the Jews were expelled from Spain. They were expelled in 1493. Okay. You should know that this is true. It's going to be except for two hours, uh, two-thirds of an hour into the day. Except for two hours in the day. Uh, not two thirds of an hour. Two hours. I'm sorry. I, I said two thirds of an hour. I meant to say two hours. Two hours of the day. Because when the sun goes down in the evening, so already from two hours before before Mamish goes down, you see the sun is already is, is already getting visibly weaker. So 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 just like that. So the the gulos, which is going is like I guess like a muscle to like the sun going down. So two hours before it's completely going to go down, it's already getting weaker. So too, before the evening comes, which we're understanding the evening means the time of Mashiach, the or the light of Ben David, the light of Yisrael, Yisrael is going to already grow. It is going to be at the time of Erev, it's going to be light. Avram stood up and he prayed in front of Kadesh Baruch Hu so that these different these four kingdoms won't uh, won't subjugate Kaisal. He he started praying in front of Hashem that this shouldn't happen. And what happened? And what happened was uh, a deep sleep fell upon Avram Avinu and he fell asleep. And the sleep fell upon Avram. Is a person able to lie down and to sleep and he's able to daven? Yeah, I've seen people doing it. You go to show, you go to Nate's video, there's people that are sleeping and davening at the same time. No, but seriously, the, 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 the Madras is saying it, it means that Avram Avinu fell asleep. That Avraham Avinu was lying down and sleeping because of the Kayach of the Tefillah. And the Farshim say that he put so much energy into his praying that he lost all his energy and he fell asleep because he just he needed he needed to he needed to recover. That's what uh, Marzu says. The Babinal has a whole different idea over here. The Babinal says, we'll say it fast. The Babinal says that what it means is Avraham Avinu slept. Meaning he stopped davening. He, 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 he davened a little bit that it shouldn't happen. But then at some, a certain point he accepted it and said, you know, okay, Hashem, I, I trust in you. You're not going to completely destroy Kali Yisrael. You're going to make, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to watch over us even through these Arba Goliaths. And then you're going to be, and everything is going to be okay at the end of the day. And, and Avraham Avinu was saying that I recognize that you, Hashem, you are going to use these Arba Goliaths as an opportunity 
to give punishment to the Rishoyim in, uh, I'm sorry, to, to, to give punish, punishment to the tzaddikim in this world so when they go to al they'll have the proper schar and to give reward to the Rishoyim in, in, in this world so that when they go to al they'll be completely, you know, in, in Gehenna and etc. Fine, so what does it say happened? Shinara says the Pasuk, Vihine ema chashecha gedele nefelas Behold, there was a great and dark fear that fell upon him. So now we're going to go back and say how this great, dark fear fell upon him, which are five different words. Each one is referring to one of the five malchiyas uh, that we've been discussing until here. Fear is talking about the fourth kingdom, meaning Adam. In the Nevoah of Daniel, Daniel saw, when he saw the fourth animal, the fourth beast, so he was so scared, and he, he said he was very scared, he didn't even say what it was, he said it was just like something that was like really scary. So he, and that was talking about Adam, so we know that Adam is referred to as the scary thing. The Chasheicha, the dark one, Zumachus Yovan, is talking about the kingdom of Greece. They're considered dark. Why? Because they darkened the eyes of Kal from all the mitzvahs in the Torah. Now you probably heard this mandish over Hanukkah many times. The Chazal tell us in the passage in the beginning of Bereshit says, For a different reason. That they darkened the eyes of Kal with their gzeras. Not because they darkened them from the mitzvahs, but because of their gzeras. And then it says, the manager says that they made them right on a horn of a shore. So it could be talking about the same thing. It's just like over there focuses on the gzera, over here just focuses on the mitzvahs that they couldn't do. Yeah, the mitzvahs was the result of the gzera. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. it could be. Gedayla, we said it was a great fear. Because Malchus Paras and Madai, they had the, the great chutzpah to sell Kali Yisrael to, for, for free. That Achashverosh was very willing to give over the Jews to, to Haman to let them destroy it for, like, for, no, for almost nothing. You know? He gave them money, but what's money worth, right? Nefelas Zumachus Babel, it fell upon Avramir. What's the falling upon? That's talking about Malchus Babel. Shebiyadim Nafla Teres Yisrael, that the crown of glory of Kali Yisrael fell into the hands of Babel. A love, it fell upon Avram Avinu, Elu B'nai Yishmuel, these are the descendants of Yishmuel, Aleyem ben David Yitzmach, that upon them, Mashiach is going to grow upon them and destroy them. Shneva says the Pesach, Eivish, Abish, Peshes, V'olav, Yotzitz, Nizrael. And upon them, his crown is going to grow. His crown is like, a, it was a reference to the Mashiach, was going to be Melch, Mashiach is going to have like a crown. Again, the Temani Midrashim slightly differ from Pirkei Debelezer over here. Medrash Habir, with, which is a Temani Medrash says basically like Pirkei Blazer that Ema is Adam but it says that Ema is Adam and Yishmael Chashecha is Yavan Gedela is Parasamadai and Nefelas is Babel fine that, that's the Medrash Abiur and Medrash HaChefetz says a, l- a little bit less like Pirkei Blazer it says that Ema is Babel which again, we could say that Babel really means Adam because I said earlier that a lot of times they, they take out the word Adam and Put in and instead bubble because of the sensors. Chashecha uh, zu paras, chashecha's paras, 
In Pekis Dabla it says Chashech as Yavan, so he argues on Pekis Dabla Ezer. Gedoyla is Edoim. So you can't say that Bav, that Emazu Bava means Edoim because he says that, that um, what's it called? Gedoyla means Edoim. The Phalas is Edoim and Yishwal together, that marriage of Edoim and Yishwal. Fine. Rabbi Azariah Oimer, Rabbi Azariah says, These kingdoms were only created as um, wood for the burning of Gehenim. Shinemarit says in the Pasuk, Behold, there's an oven, a smoking oven, and a torch of fire which is passing through. And Tanur, an oven, expression of oven, and Lapid, which means Yair uh, Lapid, I mean, which means a torch, is talking about Gehenim. Shinemarit says in the Pasuk, Nuba Shemasher Uloi, Bitsian Vesanula Biushalayim. The words of Hashem is that there's going to be a fire for him in Zion. There's going to be fire in Zion. The Sanur Lord in Yerushalayim. There's going to be an oven in Yerushalayim. It's talking about, uh, the, the, it's talking about, I think, the, the, the burning up of the Yetzirah in Gehenna. Something like that. Al-Kabadim, that is more or less the parak over here. Any questions? Is anyone left? <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Okay, I'll go to work.